And we're on. Welcome back to another podcast from Nobody Cares About Dad. This week, as ever, joined by Martin. How you doing, mate? I pitched there, buddy. I know, mate. I was, I was trying to stop myself doing the robot like I was doing this morning. I can't help myself popping <laughs> away to the theme tune every time. <laughs> yeah, well, I must admit that that new the new the new song I do quite like it. In fact, yeah, somebody commented on some somebody commented on that on the YouTube channel earlier about the new the new um the new intro. Yeah, maybe we should just play that and scrap the talking. Yeah, and then just <laughs> dancing in the background a little bit. Yeah, maybe. But you good? Yeah, might lose a few viewers. You're good. I'm 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 buzzing, mate. All good. Happy. Yourself? Buzzing. Yeah, I'm good. I'm spending more time in front of this computer and this microphone than I am in work at the minute. So uh, it's uh, yeah, my it's good. kids did say to me, they went, "How many podcasts do you do?" <laughs> yeah, we've got a busy month, a busy, busy April. Um, hope it continues to stay busy. But look, speaking of the podcast, um, tonight we have a guest with us. Um, and, and unusually, I don't know why my screen's bouncing all over the place, uh, unusually from somebody in the UK. Because mostly, most of our guests are either Canadian yeah. or American. Yeah. Um, but today we are joined by the author of 108 Ways... Be free of anxiety, regret, stress, and thinking too much. Arjuna, how are you? I'm f- I'm fantastic. Good to and and the theme tune is is a cracker. I like that. Yeah, yes, it is. When we we went, we had a as we were saying at the top, we had a little change in lineup, and we given the intro a bit of a freshen up. And uh, Marco's given his background a freshen up weekly. Yeah, I do like to change the background. <laughs> well. It, it, if it for what it's worth, I, I approve. <laughs> <laughs> we like. Uh, look, I do appreciate you coming on the podcast. Um, like I said uh, at the top, I've got a couple of things, or quite a few number of things to unpack with your with yourself, with your your story, what you do. I'm really interested uh, to learn about uh, how you became a monk. Um, what I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know what a monk is. Um, so yeah, I'm really keen to unpack that, and also how you how you work with how you work that with the athletes in the, in the military and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, there's quite a bit for me to unpack. Um, yeah. But, look, one of the things we do on this podcast is go back to the very beginning. We are a podcast called Nobody Cares About Dads, so we like to explore that relationship with your dad growing up. What was your relationship like with your dad growing up? Oh, it was, it was fantastic. I, I had a great dad. He did his, his very best. He was he was incredible, yeah. And and he still and he still tries. He still yeah. <laughs> still tells me about the weather. Right. But yeah, it was. Um, you know, I was one of the lucky ones. Um, I, I had a good guy. No. Was you, was you an only child? Siblings? Um, I'm the oldest of three. Oldest of three. Mm. And yeah. uh, the relationship with your dad and, and your siblings is, is. Do they have a similar relationship? Are they all. Yeah, I think so. I think I think my brother had a rougher time of things, but um, you know he's he's golden now. I um, yeah I, yeah you know we, we we've we've found our way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and uh, growing up, I know you've got two kids now. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Did you always want to be a dad? No, never. No, <laughs> never. I saw I saw it as a kind of a prison sentence. I, I saw it as because I was I was an outdoor instructor. I was busy having adventures all over the show so i saw having a couple of kids or even a wife as a hindrance not a help <laughs> so um so what so what changed um 
Well, I, I guess I met the right girl um, and she wanted kids and it just, I don't know, it just happened. I mean, I'm, I was well into my 40s when I had the first child. So Wow. Um, maybe I just grew up. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> was that, was that, so was that uh, normal for your um, peers, your friends, or was, were you like the, the last, the last in the class to, 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 uh, to have kids? Do you know what? I think, I think quite a few of us had kids late on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause I mean, yeah, I think, I think there was a similar kind of vibe of, of having kids meant, an end to what we loved and uh yeah now that you, you asked that question i think yeah i think i think it's and and, and yeah quite a few of us now have kids so <laughs> yeah so what was so your job you said you were doing what was it outdoor i was an outdoor instructor yeah so is that like rock climbing abseiling all those sorts of things yeah taking i i was working on the river a lot so i was raft guiding and and kayak instructing and you know taking kids um tubing and yeah, so you were doing you were teaching children as, uh, with it as well. So you like to you like to look after the kids and then go right here you go. Yeah, your your problem. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I, was, I was probably the opposite. I always I always really wanted kids, and it was my wife that didn't want kids. Huh. So she she really really didn't want them, and um, I had to really play all my cards to uh, agree to agree to have one. Horse. <laughs> wow. Wow. What's that? Buy a horse. Buy a, yeah, the horse. That was it. There was more. It was more. Um, so we, I wasn't married. We weren't married. We didn't own a house. And I was at the point where I was like, I want to have kids now. She's like, Well, you know, need to buy a house. We need to get married. And I was like, Oh, okay. So knock that out of the way. Knock that out of the way. And I was like, Right now, what's your excuse? <laughs> no, there's no more objections. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting that because it's normally. Uh, um, I say I say normally, but I'm just going through the pool of people that we've had had on had here. Most most of the men or dads that we've had on have all been really wanting to be wanting to be dads. So yeah, it's it's it's, it's a maybe it's a refreshing to hear a different opinion on that. Actually, yeah. now it, it wasn't in your mind's eye, I Mindset. guess. Uh, but but now now I am a dad. I'm like I'm all I'm all in. So yeah. yeah. Do you, now, now you've had kids. Do you wish you'd done it sooner or not? No, no, I would. No, been, I would have been horrendous. I, I, I got a, I got a girl pregnant in my twenties, and it, it just would have been. I would have been horrible. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, obviously, we we mentioned you know that you're a monk. Where, like, like we said, we we have very limited understanding, knowledge on that side of things. Yeah. When did that come into play in your life? Uh, late 20s, about 28, 27. So you were a monk whilst doing the outdoor adventures? Well, I kind of got sidetracked. I was I was supposed to be travelling overseas, sort of on sabbatical, on a bit of a break from my, my outdoor life. I mean, that was the reason I loved it, was because it was, it was very seasonal, it was very sporadic. You could pick up and drop off. And, and so, yeah, I, I was basically just on holiday at a meditation retreat and um, kind of got got on the bus and stayed on the bus <laughs> okay yeah. and what does being a monk entail i don't know uh, if that's the right way to ask that question is it uh, is it of a certain sect like a religion mm -hmm. or yeah what what which what, what yeah. do you think? so i'm an ashaya monk which okay. uh, 
it's not very well known, but it, it kind of is a, it's a bit of a, a combination of the teachings of India, combination of sort of Christianity. It's uh, <laughs> okay. The good bits of all of it. <laughs> yeah. So cherry pick the best parts. <laughs> so, you know, at least I yeah. think. Yeah. And with like, obviously, you know, if, if when we're talking, you know, Christianity and, 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 and other religions, we, we have an understanding of, of being, you know, being part of Christianity, you go to church on a Sunday, um, you know, you, you follow the Bible as such in your sure. interpretation of the Bible, the same with other religions they have. With, with being a monk, how does how does that work on a, on a day-to-day basis, week-to-week basis? What, what kind of things do you do? Yeah, sure. Well, I think the basic understanding for the Ashayas is that we are our own churches. Okay. <laughs> for me, going to a place on Sunday, there's community, there's a reminder, there's inspiration. That That's great. That's wonderful. But the reason I became a monk is because I wanted to carry the um, the spirituality, the, the depth of living like a tortoise on my back wherever I went, you know, and, yeah. and that was very, very much the reason why I was an outdoor instructor because I loved being in nature. That's when I became alive and I finally found a tradition that said, well, you can have that regardless of whether you're up a mountain or in, you know, doing the dishes. And, and I'm like, right on. This, that's what I want from life. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Were, you, were you always fairly religious growing up, Arjuna? I, I, well, I, I went to Sunday school, but I, I kind of got a little disgusted with the hypocrisy that I saw, that I thought I saw. Hmm. Um, and it's easy to point fingers. And so it, you know, being a teenager, you're pretty quick to judge. But um, I, I, I knew there was something else to life. And, and, you know, people make that distinction between being religious and spiritual. But I would say I was very anti-religious, but very curious about spirituality. <laughs> if, if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. no, it does. And regarding... Like your is your partner your wife or is she a partner? She's wife, yeah. yeah. She's wife. So, yeah. um, yeah. how like, well? How did you guys meet? How did how did that come about? Yeah. Well, well, it was it was through this. So, uh, she her par- I was staying with her parents, who were also Ashaya teachers. Okay. And um, she just came home from for, for a bit of a holiday one day, <laughs> and I was like, "Hello." <laughs> so. Yeah. And uh, and so she's. I don't know. It, 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 do you, can you be a female monk? Is that? Yeah. Yeah. So is is, is, it, a nun, is, it, is it a nun? A nun's a female monk, right? Well, we call them monks. I don't. I don't know. No. I don't know why, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, indeed. She she took uh, vows as well. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so 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 so. So I'm I'm Catholic. I, um, but my I'm an, from an Italian family, uh, so we went to church um i i i guess a little like you and i think a lot of teenagers do this where they i was religious went to school believed all that sort of stuff and then i went through a period of my life where you don't start you know if you start to see things you know you start to question things um and i think a lot of so i think a lot of people that are brought up within that especially now go through that phase but never end up coming back to it i did come back to it in my late 20s um so i understand where you said you, you saw a bit of the hypocrisy and and 
that's, that's I guess where you started to doubt what was what we were being taught. But talk to us about because I have no idea what uh, a shire is. So to, what what is that? Let, explain that to the layman. Um, because I I'd hazard a guess to think that a lot of people in this also wouldn't know what what it is. Well, the perception, so, yeah. like I'll, I'll I'll give my perception of a monk. It's it's what you what's portrayed on on TV. You know, living up in the mountains. In... No, but that's just the Buddhist monk. Because every sect has a monk. Every, every religion has monks. Does it? I'm dreadful. It's like my <laughs> understanding of religion and stuff is horrendous. You're, you're picturing Buddhist monks, is right? That, yeah. I'm just picturing Buddhist monks. Yeah. Okay, so I look like an idiot right now. So I'll just sit back and let you continue. No, mind you, good. I mean, lots of Christian monks, for example, they, you know, they. they I think a lot of sort of people who take the sort of monk path are after solitude and um, getting back to simplicity and, and, and things like that. And, you know, the, for the Ashayas, it's not, you know, sex isn't bad, but our addictions and our habits around sex are bad. Right. Um, drinking, for example, a glass of wine, some nice beer, whiskey, that's, it's all good, but our addictions and our habits and our thinking and our attachment is the thing that creates chaos. So it's, it's never about the thing, but our relationship to it. Okay. Uh, and so the world is open. It's, 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 it's your oyster. For example, I'm married and I have, but it's, it's a, a solid devoted relationship. So sex isn't bad, but when it's, it's got that behind it, sorry, casual sex isn't awful, but when you're devoted and committed and wanting something more then the sex magnifies you know a million times so it's yeah it's not so much about this is bad but sometimes the habits of thinking we get into are the reason that certain things or people become bad for us <laughs> and I'm, I'm using the word bad <laughs> yeah very binary yeah. black and white but against our greatest good or against our, our best uh, interest yeah because there's a lot there's a lot of things that are bad for us um but in but if you you to excess right so like you mentioned alcohol is it can be terrible yeah. if you drink a lot of it but the odd the odd glass of wine the odd pint of beer i'm sure there's not that it's not too bad fantastic yeah. what, what so so uh, from my understanding you you brought up went to school went to church you came away from it what was it that brought you back to it then uh, to... yeah good question and, and it's really a combination of being disillusioned and, and confused about life and yet moments of ecstasy and knowing that there could be so much more than than the worry and the fear and the frustration that i was kind of getting hooked into it was this these these deep troughs and these amazing highs <laughs> i'm like how do i avoid the the suffering that i kind of seem to get myself into and and how do i live like i know i can live or sorry do, 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 do you mean suffering because you were were, were you living to excess or no not even that but but worrying and i was worrying to excess i was it was i had periods of deep anxiety <laughs> um fear for my future you know how am i going to make this work because although i love being an outdoor instructor it's a very insecure kind of job hmm. i can imagine um, 
you mentioned it obviously with the, with that job seasonal <laughs> so for 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 a season your work there's lot there's money coming in um I, you know i don't i don't know the, the wage structure behind it but then i can imagine when it becomes out of season what did you do then where was you with with that yeah yeah well exactly i was either traveling or i'd, I'd find something in the ski fields or um you know, I was driving buses up the up the ski field and snowboarding, which was fantastic. But I get, you know, I, I never had any problem with job security. I always had enough money coming in, but my head always was worried about what what happens if. <laughs> yeah, and and that was the most outrageous thing. That was kind of like what I was getting towards was that life was great, yet my head would make hell out of heaven. You know. Yeah. Um, my so girlfriend would. Would you say you felt like you was a, a warrior? Well, yeah, but but not yes, yeah. I I just saw how my worry could just I couldn't get out of it. It would form yeah. these tight little loops, and I could see it happening. And I was just like, "Come on, I I, I want to go to sleep here." Yeah, <laughs> and I I just couldn't choose to leave it behind. It, it, once my mind kind of got stuck on a track, and it could be a grudge, you know, someone did me wrong or I thought it did me wrong and it's like, oh, I'm going to get them and I'm going to say this and then I'm going to, you know, it was this hours and days of just, just mayhem. A cycle. Yeah, and I'm sure you guys know it and you, you listen yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah, you know, well, I, I, one thing I suffer with is I suffer with anxiety hmm. and one of my problems was that if, if <clears throat> and it was, it's most of, a lot of the time it's night time when I'm yeah. switched off and I'll I'll wind down for the day, and then something in the day. That's where you go in this story, mine? <laughs> no, no not how I, that's not how I relax. But you know, I, I'm I'm laid there, and I'm I'm you know I'm calming down. I'm switching off, TV's off, I'm, and then all of a sudden it's like right, let's digest the day, mm-hmm. or the last couple of days, or something. And then all of a sudden something will pop into my head, and then that will cause a worry cycle. And then the next minute, it's three hours later. And I paid every viable disaster that could come from this small worry. Yeah. And and that's the thing. So then, you know, so I, so, so anxiety, so, you know, I've made a lot of changes in my life to, to, to come away from, from the stresses. I found out what the stresses and the causes were and I made changes. So I can understand what you're saying because once that cycle hits, it's this little whirlpool, this little whirlwind and it's trying not, it's trying to find a way out of it to kind of go, do you know what? We're worrying about something that hasn't happened, might not happen. What's yeah. the point? So it's getting to the stage of going, what's the point of worrying? Yeah. If you can't control it, then there's no point to worry. So I do understand what we are saying with when you with the peaks and the troughs, the highs and the lows. Yeah. Did you find that helped so, Martin, with your anxiety to say, well, what's the point of worrying? Because I feel like that wouldn't help you. I do now. I have mm. to admit now I do. I sit. I have to sit there, and, and I still have things coming in now. I have to sit there and I have to kind of go. Do you know what? Let's take a step back. Yeah. Let's look at it from outside. Let's take a step back and go. Do you know what? I'm worrying about X. Is me worrying about it going to change the outcome? Mm-hmm. Yes or no? No, it's not. Okay, so there isn't any point in worrying about it because it's not going to change. What can I do? So then again, it's another step back and go, right, this is what the worry is. What can I do to change such a thing? 
So, you know, if I'm worrying about the rest of the month money-wise, okay, well, I've got X amount of money. Don't spend it. <laughs> Instead of worrying that I'm going to be broke for the next things and I've got, you know, it's just, it's just try it. But, but that's the problem. You can then go, well, what if this happens? What if my car breaks down? What if, mm-hmm. yeah. what if I get run over by a bus tomorrow? You know, I won't have any money worries. You know, but I find, I have to admit now, I do find that if I take a step back and go, do you know what? You're worrying about something that you don't need to worry. It does, it does help me. It doesn't help everybody, but I know, I certainly know it helps me. I, I came to the same place. I had a flow chart just like you in my head. Yeah. <laughs> Can I do anything? Yes or no? <laughs> Not a maybe, <laughs> black and white. Yes yeah. or no? No, can't do anything. Park it, forget it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, get off your ass, go do something. Right now, yeah. and that's it. It's I, for ages. I, I used to, I used, well, I used to do it on my phone. I used to write notes yeah. about things that I'm worrying about, yeah. and then I'd be writing them down, and then I'd, then I'd be like, right, come, on, come back and look at it and go, don't need to worry about that. Yeah. It's it's pointless because I can't change that outcome, and or I'd look at things and go, this is what I can do to help this bit, or you know. <laughs> Reminds me of um, the famous story about Abraham Lincoln. Do you know anything about Lincoln? Me personally, no. So he, he he famously never crit- criticized anybody, and he um, so so he used to. He when he was a before he was a, he was a journalist, I think he was before, and or a columnist, and he used to write columns. And when he would fall out with somebody, he would write scathing reviews about different politicians in the local paper. And one day. Um, one of the politicians challenged him to a duel, and that back in the day, they went, they had, they went to have this duel, and it wasn't too. I think they're called stooges or something like that. They both have a stooge when they go for a duel, and at the very last minute, it was called off. Um, and Lincoln didn't want to fight, but he had, he had to, right? Um, and he learned from that that you can never, crit- you, you can never criticize humans. Humans are too emotional, so you can't criticize people because they don't they'll never really understand where you're coming from. So what he started, he had this thing where he would, he would never from that moment, he never criticized anybody, but he would write down um, all his complaints. So there's, there's letters found after his death of all his frustrations and complaints, but well, letters he never sent because that was his way of processing and dealing with. Um, yeah. That's what just reminded me of that. It's a good way. So where we're going back to the to the you're talking about skiing and traveling and stuff. Where where did you grow up? Where was this all? Was this all based in the UK or this was in New Zealand? So uh, in New Zealand, right? Yeah. Okay. And um, the Aspire monks are they? Is that do they originate in New Zealand? No, no. Well, they they the legend has it that they come out of India, out of the Himalayas, but. Um, more recently, they was started teaching in North America, and now we're based in Spain. Okay, because you said that you you went somewhere to meditate, mm. um, and then got on the bus and stayed on the bus. Yeah, so talk about talk about that. Where was where was that in the world? What you know? Yeah, well, that, that was I spent six months in um, British Columbia, um, okay. Canada, and and again, it was up a hill. It was very quiet. It was surrounded by trees. So it was, <laughs> it was a period of solitude and, and distraction free, really. So I could learn to be mindful, not mindless. And, and was um, this part of your up and down peaks and troughs journey? Did you kind of make the decision go, I think this is the route that I could take, the spiritualness, the mindfulness, the solitude? 
mm. come away from the everyday stress and was was it part of was that part of the journey or yeah it was i mean like you said it it, it was that you use the word stepping back and i and i found when i could step back from my own life things were so much easier so i i recognized that mindfulness and and awareness had were a big part of this and, and so i i really wanted to spend six months getting really good at being mindful being focused okay. <laughs> um and, and and it worked it was it was fantastic i mean that's all we did for six months so it was, <laughs> it was a crash course yeah and then and then just from there you just just fell i don't think the word fell in love is the right phrase words yeah. but uh well, probably is the right phrase fell in love with with the whole process and and yeah. and the thought process and the style the lifestyle of this by a month so and then kind of and is I mean, there a ritual to join is like again I'm... yeah yeah there were, there were i mean the reason i joined what well, before we get into that the reason i joined was that i was always asking them hey what do i do how do i behave what do i eat and they were always saying hey wh wh what do you want to do what do you want to eat <laughs> how do you want to do <laughs> how do you want to do your hair do you, do you know I was, I was constantly looking for guidance out here and they were saying no 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 you know, tune in, get present, and then consult your own inner guidance. And, and yeah. I thought, I thought that was man, that's beautiful. I can do that. You know, it was, it was annoying and and kind of a bit scary because I wanted the expert to tell me what to do rather than to be my own expert. Yeah. Right? So, um, yeah. So my um, I have a tattoo here that says tata," which in Italian means "Help yourself, and God will help you." uh-huh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah it's uh it's but it is very much that it's like um i, I recognize what you're saying about pe people need a lot of people need um there's a term for it i can't think but you know they need confirmation about everything in life really need reassurance should i do this what should i do with that can i do this can i not do that and it's like like you say well stop listening stop listening to everybody else what do you want what do you want to do? And we, we, we talk about this on here, and it's not the same, but in terms of being a parent, right? Lots of people want to give you lots of different advice, but our children are all so different. So what worked for Martin's girls won't work for my boy. So if Martin's like, they go, well, mommy, I did this and I did that. It'd be like, great. Well, what good is that to me? Do you know what I mean? You need to, you need to find your own path and you need to walk your own, walk, walk your own, walk your own path. Yeah. The best advice I got, from for being a parent was just get good at saying sorry <laughs> yeah. yeah and it was great advice because it was wrapped up in that was that there's no right way to do this just try try yeah and if you mess up you get down on their level and say look i'm sorry a and you start again and and you go from there so yeah so going back <clears throat> to, the, to the ritual side of things yeah. sorry martin just 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 for context how long ago was this arjuna like what how long? Uh, 2003 so okay. um Almost twenty years ago. Sure. And it feels crazy saying that twenty years ago, two thousand and three. I know. Makes us feel old. <laughs> so yeah, so so yes. obviously like with with Christ uh, Christ Christianity and the you know your your rituals to 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 sure. be anointed to the church and, and those kind of things. Um with with this fight, what's that process? Like what do you have to yeah. go through? Well it was a I had three days of silence and fasting, which was um, incredible, actually. I, I 
I'd never really done it before. I'd never been silent at all for three days, and it was just beautiful. Um, and then took my vows in front of everyone, and and um, that was pretty much it. You know, there was a there was a short ceremony to go along with that, um, but yeah, that was that was that was the kind of the the ritual to it. When 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 you say silent, are, are you? Is it in solitude? Are you with other people? Uh, what, 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 where, what, where are you? Yeah, so with everybody else, there's sort of 50 people or so there, but, but no speaking, no sign language. Um, yeah, it was, it was very much with people, but completely alone. Sure. I'm trying to compute. I'm trying to just, I'm trying to imagine going for so long, 72 hours of... But do it, try to, so I, the easiest context for you to understand would be going on a social media detox mm. for 72 hours. Because I've, I've, not 72 hours, but I've come off Facebook, I've come off lots of social media, less so now since doing the podcast on my blog and stuff, because I sort of need it. But before I did that, I've taken periods where I come off it and the silence that you get from looking out at everybody else is, oh, it's incredible. Like, you know, I have done it, but it was forced by Facebook. They forced <laughs> you to it. wasn't my choice. <laughs> but no, but, but people, people, and I, I've spoken a lot and I've written a lot about social media and the, the negative influences it has on people because people look at, people look at their phones and they look at social people's lives on social media and they think that that is reality when a lot of the time that whatever people post they're often masking despair and it's it's not true happiness you know you, you get these people that go out on a friday after payday they live like millionaires and they can't eat for the rest of the month but yeah. to the world these guys are living the best life yeah. Um, and, I, and I think people can look at that and get um, beat themselves up, even like young young girls look at these photoshopped um, supermodels or yeah. and just, it's not reality. And if so, it, once they unplug from that, step back and realize that that isn't what reality is like. Start just be true to yourself, be happy with yourself. Yeah, I think it'd be much better. But, but again, you, you lose that ability to listen to your own wisdom because you're kind of just swimming in the showroom of success. You know, you mm. forget what success is to you. You just kind of wholeheartedly buy into this version that's given, fed us. And I think, like you're saying, just taking a detox to work out, to not get lost, to extricate yourself and remember who you are and what's important yeah. to you is, is critical. But. I have to admit, um, you know, regarding kind of the mental health side of things of life, when I'm down and I'm struggling and I'm in a, you know, and I'm in a, I'm rock bottom, life is hard. I have taken a detox away from social media because mm. that I have to admit that I find that I found that having that cut off and, and last year when I went through a, a, a rough patch, I come off social media for a, for a fair while because all of a sudden I don't have external influences and look at other people's problems and other people interacting with my problems and it gives me it gave me the opportunity to go back into myself sort myself out focus on what i'm doing who i am find me as a person um and see so, so yeah I, I i can understand the detoxing away from social media it's it, I, I have to admit i say to people that when they're going for a rough patch when I, and i see it i'm like look take a step back take a step back cut yourself off have a little bit of solitude and find you and focus on you. Um, 
doing three days of silence and no sign language or community. I think I find that very hard, but that's because I'm in the hustle and bustle of what what I would say real life or everyday life. Mm-hmm. But then I suppose up in a mountain. But, but, but I guess it's not supposed to be easy, right? <laughs> well, yeah. Do you know what? It was it, it was so easy. I I didn't want to open my mouth again. <laughs> really. It was it was just really nice being in a room full of people and and having that excuse not to have to contribute or or to present a certain image or to entertain or to, to do anything just to sit there it was it was phenomenal you know that just you, you had that very this ironclad excuse no he's not talking don't even you know and what, <laughs> was, and what uh, were you doing what like because obviously you've got three days you've got 72 hours there's only so much that you can sleep <laughs> so what were you doing for the rest of the time you know were you reading yeah, well, most, mostly meditating, like closing my eyes and, and just meditating, going for walks, um, drinking herbal teas. <laughs> One of the requirements is that we sat in at mealtimes, and I, you know, I thought that was going to be torture, but it was heavenly because when, when you stop eating, everything else comes alive, right? You smell and you're hearing and you touch, and it was, it was an amazing um experience just to sit and smell food it was yeah incredible food don't last long enough on my plate to smell it. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i openly admit being a tubby guy um because yeah. you, you mentioned on your website that you're allergic to the term meditation um mindfulness a little bit yeah because yeah. because so i think most people have a similar image to monks as Martin did, right? The Buddhist monks is all about meditation. Um, orange robe. Orange robe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I was curious to understand what you meant by by that that term. So you're allergic to the term uh, mindfulness and meditation. Yeah. I, I, well, it's just it's just the latest buzzword, you know, and I, I kind of, the way it's thrown around a bit, I didn't really... I don't really appreciate it, but <laughs> I, I think I think it's very useful in in terms of a signifier to, to denote its opposite, mm. which is mindlessness, which is sleepwalking through life. Um, so you know, whatever you call the opposite of being mindless, um, you know, yeah, the, at the end of the day, that's fine with me. <laughs> that's, so what that's do you do goal. now? What so? Because obviously, you've written a book. Mm-hmm. So written what, uh, what, two books two books yeah and um it says obviously you work with athletes mm-hmm. the military so what 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 are you doing what what's your life now what 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 do you do now yeah well well i love writing so i um i'm still i'm working on my third and fourth books <laughs> okay um and yeah t- i do uh week long <laughs> uh stress reduction mindfulness <laughs> retreats with the military which uh, with the bomb disposal guys, which I really, really enjoy. Because um, a great crowd, but especially in the beginning, not, not, um, not your usual mindfulness people. <laughs> yeah. Um, which talk. I, I, I guess talk- is that for dealing with the, with the pressure in the moment that they're doing their work, I guess, is that the reason that, or is it to de-stress? What's, well, the, I, what's the logic there for them? I, I think when they're like any government, government department you know there's there's not enough money not enough people 
too many jobs thrown at them. <laughs> it's it's not the job. It's not the actual trade that they're in. It's the the stuff that goes on with it. Hmm. Um, being based somewhere else, away from their family, shifting, moving, you know, moving base uh, location every two or three years. It's the it's all the peripheral things, I think, and um, that that's what we kind of get into the nuts and bolts of, of like you were saying, with well, what what can you do, what can't you do? If you want to stay and play this game that you keep that you're playing, um, you got to accept the rules fully, and and yeah. if you're going to accept the rules, play the cards, you know, treat it as a game, play the cards as as you want. So, yeah, it, it, it's not so much the you know the Hurt Locker, you know that film. Yeah, so much the actual doing of it. It's the, it's everything else. It's families. It's relationships. It's money. It's politics. It's work. It's you know. It's, I, th- I think I think that might be it for all of us. You know, when we actually get down to, I don't well, I don't know if when we get down to the essence of our careers, perhaps we can find something we can enjoy. Mm. It's, it's all the the surroundings that. But so, but so many people do a job that they don't enjoy. And again, that's something I've written about. We spend we spend uh, one third of our life in work. So why spend one third of your time doing a job you can't stand? Yeah. You know, you know, do something you do, do something you love, do something you enjoy. Um, and, and and of course, people not everybody are going to have the opportunity to do their dream jobs. But at least don't be that person that just dread, dreads driving into work. If, if that's you, do something about it. Change it. I, I I work for myself now, but I remember my last job. Like first couple of years, I was there. I mean, I enjoyed it, but the last year was like torturous. Like I'd I'd often just go and sit on the toilet rather than just sat and sit, sit honestly. And I'd drive to work, and I'd just be like, "This is this sucks," but it paid well. So it's like, what do you want? Do you want the the, the do you want the money or do you want the job satisfaction? Of course, you can have both, but in the in those moments, people think. No, it's either one or the other. Um, and I, I never forget when they made me, I saw I was made redundant from that role. Yeah. I, oh, I, I was sat in the meeting with the CEO and I laughed when he told me because <laughs> I just felt this pressure, this, this weight just go, boom, gone. And I was just like, I, don't know, I burst out laughing. He couldn't believe it. I was laughing at him. And I was just yeah. like, this is about the best news ever. <laughs> Thank, I'm you. The Thank you. I'm the opposite to Marco. I ran my own businesses and last year I sold them. And when I sold them, that pressure just evaporated. And now I enjoy my job working for somebody else doing a nine to five. No pressure. Um, And I enjoy doing my job and getting up because I don't have the pressures and the stresses, which were, they were contributing to my anxiety and my issues. Um, Mine wasn't forced like Marco, your, your was forced by redundancy. Um, If you weren't redundant, do you think you'd still be there? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Wow. Just you know, getting grayer and grayer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I'm a massive advocate now for, to, to say to people that if you're not happy in your job, like we mm. say, you spend so much of your, your life doing said job that make a change, take the jump. Very true. What's the worst that can happen? Yeah. I mean, you could be unemployed, never get a job and go homeless, but <laughs> Um, but you know there are enough jobs out there. You know. Arjun, Arjun, have you have you read Mo Godat's book? Work. I haven't. I followed him. I'm following him on on social media though. I really enjoy so his book on happiness. Hmm. Um, and the the how he have you? Do you know who he is, Martin? 
No, I don't read very often. That's one thing I need to change in my life. But I don't do oh, it. Mate, Audible. Audible is the best thing ever. They just read it for you. <laughs> it's the easiest one. And he has um, a good podcast too. Yeah, I've not listened to the podcast. Um, I came on to him on the Diary of a CEO, Steve Bartlett's um, podcast. Um, but his sto- his story, like his son died, uh, just for context, anyone listening who didn't know, yeah, so his son died, I think he was 21. and But his son w- would talk about happiness and he was like, people couldn't quite understand how he would sort of, not got over it, but he just sort of went, right, well, I can't i can't do anything about it so am i going to spend the rest of my life grieving and not moving on with my life or do i just go right that's happened there's nothing i can do about it make the best of the rest and uh yeah he's it's, it's, it's a really interesting guy mm. that's a powerful thing to really like that flow chart just sit down and say can i do anything about this you know i'm hurting but can i actually do yes or no yeah and, and so many people so many people don't do that so so many people would take a situation like that and they'd allow it to, to swallow them up my, my family are a perfect example of this so what we me um i have through my mom i have two sisters and a brother half of us are successful the other two aren't successful and the other two aren't successful because they blame their lack of success on my parent, my mum being ill and not being around for them when they were when they were growing up. Whereas we go, right, well, nobody gave us anything. We need to fight and work for everything we got. So we're, we're a perfect example of how people can use the same, some, use something and show one or two ways of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a guy called Anthony DeMello who was... Um, a Jesuit priest, but he's an incredible author. He wrote a book called Awareness and a few others. But he has this metaphor of, of life being like a game of cards and you have no control over the cards that you've been dealt. You have no control. You can't quit. That's not, that's not the game. <laughs> you know, life's losers, he says, are the ones who complain about the cards. Go, what? <laughs> but really, you just got to get down and, and play the cards that you're dealt you know with a smile on your face because that's that's the nature of life and it always is amazes me when someone lives through something like you you're saying and, and comes out the other side with with more energy and more life and more like let's go let's make the most of everything and, and it seems that people do the opposite as well you know so. yeah well I, i've we we on our reaction channel we talked the other day about the the, the sad passing of tom parker the, the the kid from the you probably don't know who that is but he was in a, he was in a, in a boy band um yeah, a, a band here called the wanted um very popular with 12 year old girls but <laughs> <laughs> um but i watched his pro so he was 33 he died of a brain tumor and he i, I watched his documentary after he, he filmed a documentary and i watched it after the fact so after he died mm-hmm. but it made me uh, since then i've just been like you you know you have to live every day like appreciate every single day and that's what i've been trying to do since watching that and watching him live what he did and and because i'm very guilty of you know my son will say oh, can you do this oh i'm tired mate oh, i'm knackered oh you know um you know as many parents are and or my wife would say, can you do that? Oh, yeah. But so I've, since that, I've been like, I need to appreciate what I've got and appreciate life and try not to be grumpy about silly things, just let it go, you know. And it's um, a positive message, I think, from the, the Tom Parker tragedies that, yeah, you have to take, you have to live every moment. I'd be appreciative of everything. 
Yeah. Well, that's the reason I, I became a monk because, you know, from my early, late teenage years, pe people just started dying on me. Like friends and acquaintances and uh, flatmates and uh, girlfriends. It was just like, it, it was insane. I went to more funerals than I knew what to do with. But it was just like you said, it was a wake-up call to, to really make the most. And, and for me, that was, that was the, the, my vows, that public declaration of it was about that, to not waste a single moment. Um, yeah, and so you know you don't have to take vows to do that, but you certainly we haven't got a lot of time. <laughs> no. So, so oh, no, I was just going to ask what, what what was the first book then, Arjuna? What what was which one was that? Um, well, the one you mentioned, one hundred and eight ways, is a is a little freebie. People can go to my my uh, website and get it. But um, I wrote a book called Two Hundred Percent: An Instruction Manual for Living yeah. Fully. <laughs> that was that was. You know, I was looking for someone to tell me what to do. That was my later, older me saying, well, read this. This will tell you what to do. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, my list of rules. And and the two books at the moment, what what, what are they? Uh, I've got one that's – so I, I write, try and write um, most days on social media. So just, you know, short little things. And so I'm – do you know the Daily Stoic? Have you, you heard of Ryan Holiday? No, I, I am reading the book on Stoicism. Ah. Well, Ryan Holiday is, is one of the guys who's written a lot on Stoicism, and he's, he's got a, an email uh, called The Daily Stoic, and so he made 366, collected a few of these emails that he's been sending out. And it's one of those books you just sit down and flick through, read a page, and it's like, oh, yeah, that, that makes sense, you know? Or you ask yourself a question, and you, you find yourself on page 108 going, ah, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So that that's my little collation of three hundred. It's going to be three hundred and sixty-six little inspirations for the day. Okay. Yeah. And the other one's how to meditate properly. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, children, you how old are your children? Uh, two and five. Two and five boys, girls, mix. one boy. Um, boy is the youngest. He's two, and and my girl is six, uh, five. Okay, and obviously. You and your partner are amongst is is how does it work with the children? Do do are you going to lead them down that path and let them make their own decision, or yeah. um, you know if they grow up and they turn around and go, "Mum, Dad, look, this ain't for us." Is that is that not a problem? Absolutely, yeah. No, they they know that what we do and and what we practice and 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 it's yeah very much up to them i um i just downloaded your book to my kindle oh cool thank you <laughs> enjoy it enjoy it i've got another one actually called um chasing more and finding enough so that's a, a little short baby one yeah i like, I like all but i'm so one of the books i read at the moment is a book called the science of positive self-talk and uh, that's such interest, such interesting. I, I used, I've used it practically as well. So I, remember, I used it in, like in sport, like in, you know, in football. You know, um, where I guess a lot of a, a lot of athletes, the, uh, I'm assuming a lot of the time, that when they make a mistake or 
you know, um, think you're not playing so well. It's about stop listening to the inner voices in your head saying, oh, that wasn't great. Or, uh, or also the outside people telling you that's not great. And like, I, I use it now when I go onto a football pitch, I'll say to myself, I'm the best player. I'm the best player on this pitch. Like, and it, I don't, I don't, I'm not playing like I am, but that's just what I tell myself. You know, I'm going to have a great game. It's going to be great. I'm going to score. I'm going to do this. And I just tell that to myself constantly whilst I'm playing the game. And it's, uh, the, the difference in my game since I've read that book, when I do that, it's 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 so much better. Hmm. So you you weren't telling yourself that yesterday. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, actually, I was telling myself that yesterday. <laughs> Just earlier, we've been yesterday, discussing how it, it, you had a poor. You, you played poor yesterday, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I had one of the worst games ever. But I I I, I, I put that down. No, the the thoughts were positive. I, that it, was, it was so my mind was there. My body was telling me you're not doing it. Uh -huh. um, I've had four weeks out with uh, I had an accident where I ended up with where was it the stitches in my head. Oh, um, in Romania, right? Yes, yeah. yeah, that was a disaster. Um, and then then I got then I got COVID. Uh, so uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a rough month not to say the least. Hey, do, do you know when I talk to my athletes and I talk to professional like musicians who are who are playing on a national scale, they their highest, their greatest moments were when they were kids. You know, just mm. messing around on the Sunday league when they were playing, you know, just for fun. Yeah, when they weren't trying to achieve anything or or impress anyone. And and we we get better and we get better and because we love it because we practice and we're passionate about it and then all of a sudden it becomes not because we love it, but because we're kind of trying to do it for someone else. Yeah. Reputation or reward. And it's, and I heard Johnny Wilkinson, the rugby player, talk about this as well. He said he hated winning, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Hated, yeah. hated losing too, because he would torture himself for weeks about it. Yeah. But, but this whole thing becomes about somebody else as opposed to what we get from it. Yeah. And, and so if anyone out there can remember that, that to, to try and ignore everybody else and what they might think of you and do it to the sheer curiosity well, and fun of doing it. It's, so it's, fun. it's funny because you see that with musicians, especially that come through like manufactured groups, pop bands, like Zayn Malik, perfect example, who's in One Direction. You know, he was in this pop group, hated the music they were producing, but was in the group. And then it was like, do you know what? I can't do this. Like I've got to leave and I'm going to do what music I want to do. Yeah. And uh, he's gone on to have a successful career. But you see loads of examples of that where musicians are being told how they need to do it, what they need to perform, what the types of songs that they can sing. And then there comes a point where they go, I'm not enjoying this. I need to, I need to do what makes me happy. Oh, well, again, it's, it's listening to those experts. And, and you can find an expert that will say, hey, no, no, don't do it like that. Do it like this because this is what they want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're going, well, I can do that or... I can kind of find my own tune and, and, and that's going to be a lot more satisfying and ultimately so much more authentic too. But it's that, it's that fine balance though, isn't it, between doing what you love, so my hand's disappearing here, yeah? doing what you love. <laughs> Mark, your hand's been disappearing the whole time. <laughs> I know, I know. But doing what you love and doing what's profitable. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's where you value and, and where you want to be or where you're positioned in life because – you know, Zayn Malik will have at one point gone, well, I've got to conform to yeah. Simon Cowell, One Direction, this route that I hate, but that's the profitable route. Mm. Is that the route? And, and then the end goal is then, do you know what? 
I can make that decision. Now I'm in a better position. Well, it's the old adage, isn't it? That money doesn't buy happiness, but it doesn't. And they're, they're right when they say that, but it can buy you the freedom to, to find happiness. To find happiness. Yeah. yeah. I think it depends on, on who you are. Like going back to your, your work, is, is some people are so happy just to clock into the factory and that whole thing of, well, you take my body, but you'll never take my soul kind of thing. Yeah. And you walk out of there with a, a song on your lips and money in your pocket and you're like, man, let's go blow it. Yeah, and for other people, the second type of people that that sounds like living hell. And, and so, for some people, it's hey, I'm just going to make money the easiest, fastest way possible. I don't care. And for other yeah. people, it's like, nah, I need. I, 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 I know people that have gone to do, you know, they've gone and done twelve hour shifts in what they described themselves to, to me as a, a brain dead, repetitive. <laughs> I turn up, I work in a sofa making factory. Bang, 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 move. Bang, bang, bang for 12 hours a day. And to me, that sounds like absolute hell. Mm. And, and, and But they're like, but it's a simple job. I go in, I switch off, I earn a fair whack of money. Yeah. End of the day, I'm done. I don't have to worry about anything else. Yeah. Um, There's no WhatsApp groups chasing me at 8 o'clock at night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we put that sofa. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't. I, yeah, I can. I can do it. I. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have that ability to switch off for that long, and and, and stuff. So, yeah. so what's what's the plan going forward then? So, um, yeah, what, what's 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 the future hold for you? Well, I, I think it's you know that like you just mentioned that balance between making money to take care of my responsibilities and, and really following um, uh, my path and seeing, you know, obviously there are, someone told me once there is, there's millions of books published every minute. <laughs> yeah. But I, but I love writing. I really come alive when I write and, and it's, uh, and I teach. And, and so it's, it's finding that, that balance with the, the creative aspect of me and following that kind of interest and passion and, um, yeah, just just seeing where the, the roads keep keep leading me. I mean, okay. teaching teaching the military and the athletes, I I'm, I love it. I love a challenge, and and so I love the practical use of something like meditation. What, and mindfulness. what, what is it? Is it the meditation side that you teach athletes as well? Then, mm -hmm. yeah, well, yeah. Well, sort of mindset and how mindset, yeah, like you're saying, how how self talk and attitude and um, the way that you see things changes everything. So, um, yeah. Yeah, all of that stuff, the power of the mind over the body. <laughs> and it's so important in elite sports as well, I think. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I'm talking about it on the microcosm of amateur Sunday league um, football, but in elite. And, and you, you can see footballers that are really, I, I'm, a, I'm a, for my sins, a Man United fan. And you can see there's players in there, like Marcus Rashford as an example, who's really, you can see he's struggling with his performance and whether that's, you know the pressure of being at United and not performing well. He needs someone to to get hold of him and get get his arm around his shoulder and give him something. Yeah, yeah. But it's uh, go on, man. I didn't know you. I was just no. It's it's just it's not easy, especially in a place like sport where there's so many different moving parts. You know. <laughs> well. I um many many years ago when I was younger I used to play uh, a sport at a relatively 
an unknownish sport, a, a good standard. Uh, I used to play uh, a sport called Ultimate Frisbee. Don't laugh. At oh that. yeah. So so That's I used a great to play. Game. Pardon? It's a brilliant That's, game. I, uh, yeah. I I represented my country for it when I was younger. Wow. Um, beep 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 beep. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Um, and, but actually, I, I played it, and I really enjoyed the sport. And I played a lot of it for fun. But as I progressed, I got better at the game and then started playing for better teams. And that's when – and I made this journey of, like, as, as, as time progressed, my skill level went up, but my enjoyment for the game disappeared. Mm-hmm. And I remember signing or, or, or joining a team – uh, like for East, East Midlands, uh, the East Midlands Open team. And it became less fun. And it, in fact, it became, go do, you've now got to do sprint training, turning up to, to practice <laughs> and it's, I'm doing yeah. sprint training and I'm just running and, and, and very little game playing. And, and, and I just lost all passion for the sport. And I actually stopped. I stopped yeah. playing completely because it completely ruined the game for me. Hmm. Um, so talking about, you know, that's my version of of understanding how pressures, external pressures from go, getting better at a sport and stuff can, can really affect your happiness. And so going back to, you know, you're saying about the musicians saying that their best times were when they were younger and there was no there was no pressure. Mm. I I. I can associate that and connect that to, to part of my life. So I can understand that. Mm. So, but um, to kind of wrap things up, where do people, you know, if they want to to read, you know, one of your books or download one of your books and stuff, where do they go? Uh, well, the books are on Amazon, the two books there. And, and um, my website is arjunaishaya.com. Okay. Yeah. I'll share the links for both of those when I, when I share the podcast. Uh, so people can can find. I like. I, I got your your book pretty quickly, uh, so it can be easily, easily downloaded and achieved. I will read it. I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll get through it. Thanks, Michael. Let me let me know what you think. That, that's awesome of you. Yeah. yeah. So, well, um, I think say. I mean, we're we're pretty much hitting the hour mark. So, yeah. thank you for coming on. It's been it's been interesting. It's it's been it's. It's enlightening, nice. is it, Martin? Yeah, enlightening. It's <laughs> nice to do podcasts and talk to people about things that we don't have any understanding of because it, it, it it's informative for us. It's informative for the people that watch it as well. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so it's, it's certainly, you know, given me some information about something that I had no idea on and, and a different. Yeah. Um, and that's the good thing. So we've, we've done the podcast just over a year now and there's, there's honestly been something I've taken from nearly every, yeah. every podcast I've done. And it, that's, that has been in itself worth it for me. You know, it's just just open your minds to all different uh, people's opinion. Because I, I, I was, I'm, I'm two years ago. I was a very closed off person. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't um, emotionally available. I wasn't um, compassionate. You know, I was very closed off. I, you know, I struggled to have conversation. If it wasn't work, 
I would struggle to have open conversations with regular people. I just, I was just so closed off. And I think doing this and writing, using writing my blog, it just helped me to to uh, open up. And you see the world for what it is, and all different people from all over the world. We all have the same struggles. We're all the same people. Um, but it's it's so interesting to hear other people's views and opinions and how they deal with things. And uh, yeah, that's what this how I've taken. It's where the podcast has kind of come from, hasn't it? Is is kind of realizing that as dads, our journeys are all slightly different, mm. but we all have similar issues. And if you don't, as as men, we've never, you know, historically and in, 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 in society, not been open to discussing these things. And 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 it's nice to to speak to other dads and about their lives and what they've done and, and their relationship with their children and, 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 and their roots in life to see similarities in your own, but also differences. It's nice to see contrasts and, and things like that. And it's, and, and like you say, I've, I've taken lots away from all sorts of different, you know, conversations with different people. Um, so, yeah. So, um, but, you know, thank you for coming on. Oh, Maybe. my pleasure. Thank you guys for having me. I, no, you know, we talked for an hour, but it felt like we could have talked for another hour. So thank <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> it flies by, honestly. Yeah. We, yeah. We, we, we do podcasts to ourselves, and then we're like, oh, we're a five-minute one. And then next minute, you're like 36, you're like... It's <laughs> <Time> under <to> our thought. <laughs> yeah. No, look, Arjun, appreciate you coming on. Appreciate you taking the time. Uh, be, up, be up in a couple of weeks, um, but I'll let you know when, when we're up and, up and we're live. Thank you, guys. And if there's anything I can do for you, just shout, all right? No worries. Sure. Take care, boss. Thank you, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Take care.